Welcome to St. James, a Scottish Episcopal Church in Leith, Edinburgh. This podcast features edited highlights from our hybrid Sunday service, which was held on October the 10th, 2021. To find out how to join St. James online or in person, or for more general information, please go to stjamesleith.org.uk. to you all in church and at home and welcome to our service which is as Suzanne said on the theme of speaking truth to power which is a theme that runs right the way through the Bible and particularly the Old Testament where you have what's called the prophetic imagination the prophet speaking to the elite of the time who had organized the world in such a way that they were gaining money and other people were living in, in poverty and that's something that's very relevant to us today. And the prophets consistently challenged the injustices of the world and in particular the big theme was that the society of the time would uh, care for the orphan, the widow and the alien and the foreigner. Again, very relevant today. So I'm looking forward to Judith. Uh, doing the reflection on that theme today and the service has throughout it that that thread. So if we start our service in the usual way I'm going to uh, bang the gong in church and we'll have a period of quiet where we can settle ourselves and during that time I'll light a candle in church and if you at home would light your candle and hopefully that will connect us uh, together that what's going on in church will connect us to what's going on in the home. So let us just have a moment's quiet.
faithful God, whose steadfast love never ceases, and whose mercies never come to an end. Grant us the grace to trust you and to receive the gift of your love, new every morning, in Jesus Christ. than any double-edged sword, it penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of God, to whom we must give account. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. This is the word of God.
today's gospel is from Mark chapter 10, beginning at verse 17. As he was setting out on a journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good but God alone. You know the commandments, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, you shall not defraud, honor your father and mother. He said to him, teacher, I have kept all these since my youth. Jesus looking at him, loved him and said, you lack one thing, go sell what you own, and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. When he heard this, he was shocked and went away grieving, for he had many possessions. Then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard will it be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God? And the disciples were perplexed by these words. But Jesus said to them again, Children, how hard is it to enter the kingdom of God? They were greatly astounded and said to one another, then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, for mortals, it is impossible, but not for God. For God, all things are possible. Peter began to say to him, look, we have left everything and followed you. Jesus said, truly, I tell you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for my sake and for the sake of the good news who will not receive a hundredfold now in this age houses brothers and sisters mothers and children and fields with persecutions and in the age to come eternal life but many who are first will be last and the last will be first this is the word of god Father, we ask this, that today you will speak to us through your word and help us to listen and help us to know how to respond. Amen. So, I've always read the passage that we heard from the gospel today as a very personal story. <clears throat> A young man falls at the feet of Jesus, asking what he must do to inherit eternal life. And he and Jesus, as we've read, have a conversation. <coughs> and we're told, extraordinary detail, Jesus looked at him and he loved him. And Jesus tells this young man, sell everything and follow me. But then the young man goes away very sad because he has, we're told, great wealth. And I always find it a very deeply poignant story because I've always hoped that this isn't the end, that this young man is on a journey and that one day he will come to understand what Jesus is asking of him, understand why his money is so destructive and maybe even one day eventually use his great wealth to help others. So it's a very, very personal story but I believe it's also highly political. As Brian McLaren writes in his book, 
the secret message of Jesus, and here in this book he's talking about all Jesus' teachings, not just this story. He writes, although the message of Jesus was personal, it was not private. He goes on, I am convinced that the message of Jesus has everything to do with public matters in general and political matters in particular, including politics, economics and aid, personal empowerment, choice, foreign policy and war. So now I'm going to talk about a political story that's breaking in the news at the moment because I think that the teaching of Jesus speaks directly into this situation. I'm sure you've heard of the Pandora Papers. The Pandora Papers are the largest trove of leaked data exposing tax haven secrecy in history. They provide a window onto the hidden world of offshore finance, casting light on the financial secrets of the world's richest people. And it's a story that points directly to the power that money, especially a lot of money, can bring. And I'm linking it to the gospel story because I think that Jesus knew exactly what this young man was struggling with. He says to, Jesus says to the disciples, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. Just remember, this young man has great wealth. And in Luke's version of the story, we get the impression that this man, he, he's some sort of a political official. And as we know, politics and great wealth can be a very dangerous combination. So I hope you'll forgive me if I nail my colours to the mast. <laughs> Did you know that there's a diners club who meet once a month, comprising of all those who give huge amounts of cash to the Conservative Party. And did you know it was attended by Boris Johnson and Rishi Sunak? One of these women, well, these, these donors, is a Russian woman. She actually does have a British passport, which is why it's all supposed to be very legal that she's giving all this money, but anyway. Uh, one of these people is a Russian woman who's given over two million to the Conservatives. And the Pandora Papers suggest that her money comes from her Russian husband, who has some very dubious offshore holdings and as well as connections with old cronies in Russia. And just in case you might think that these dinners are entirely innocent, just lots of fun and games, and, and of course the Conservative Party do insist that donors don't influence policy, government policy. And by the way, talking of games, the official line is that the Russian woman's two million has bought her nothing more than two games of tennis with Boris Johnson. <laughs> Listen to the words of one former donor. These dinners are about access and political influence. When you sit next to a minister, you have a one-to-one -one time. You can question them or make requests. Back in July, the Financial Times dared to suggest that Lubov Chernukin, this Russian woman I'm talking about, is a member, uh, actually used the words, Tory's part, Tory Party's advisory board. So there you go. So could it be that this Russian woman's huge donations to the Conservative Party are her way of nudging Downing Street and the country's politics in her preferred direction. And actually, you could argue, 
that this woman's two million have been well spent. A few years ago, the Conservative government actually committed itself to introducing legislation that would reveal the true owners of offshore companies who buy property in the UK. If it's passed, this Russian couple will have to declare the ownership of multiple homes worth well over 40 million in this country. So far, Johnson hasn't followed through on a 2018 draft law. Could it be, I ask, that the government is dragging its heels? Some of these super rich are made to be, uh, some of these super rich, uh, sorry, if the law goes through, these super rich are going to have to be more transparent about their money and they'll have to pay a lot more tax. And when I think I hear ministers or MPs insisting that the party is following the law, I think of the young man in our story insisting that he's kept all the commandments since he was a boy. I watched a video of a Guardian journalist asking questions about the Pandora Papers of well-known MPs and ministers going in and out of the Conservative Conference this week. Nearly all of them protested that whatever is happening, it will be within the law. But as we know, there is doing stuff according to the law and doing stuff that is morally questionable, especially when it comes to tax avoidance. Back to our story. A young man comes to Jesus and asks what he must do to inherit eternal life. He's obviously deeply troubled. And Jesus sees into his heart and he sees how money is destroying his soul. This man, young man is not a lawbreaker, but perhaps his money gives him the power to make sure that the law is always on his side. So what does this mean for you and me? I think the answer is in those verses we read earlier from Hebrews. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Jesus uncovered and laid bare the heart of this young man. His words penetrated deep into his soul. And Jesus spoke deeply into the political situation of his day, cutting away the hyperbole and the hypocrisy and proclaiming a message that was radically different from anything anyone had heard before. The new kingdom preached by Jesus cuts like a knife through everything that those vying for power in the Jewish community were, were teaching. The kingdom of Jesus speaks truth to power. And it, of course it's a kingdom that some will say is stupid and naive because Jesus asks us to turn the other cheek, to walk the second mile, to defeat violence with forgiveness, sacrifice and love. And as you and I despair of the sleaze and the dissembling in politics today, we have to remember that when Jesus speaks into a situation, his words penetrate deeper than any two-edged sword, dividing marrow and joints, even soul and spirit. 
that journalist I saw in the video doing his best to get meaningful answers to his questions. Imagine if Jesus was standing outside the conferences of all the political parties. Imagine him speaking to MPs, his words penetrating deep into each person, shedding light on corruption and head-in-the-sand mentality. Not just clever words, but prophetic words, words that cut deep because they speak the truth. Maybe instead of strutting confidence, there might be one or two who, like our young man, hang their heads in shame and go away sad. And I'm hoping this morning that this message will give us all courage. Courage as we make our stand about climate crisis. Courage as we go into our local community, ready to love those who are so different from us. Courage as we write to our MP. Courage as we vote. And let's this morning give thanks for those who literally risk their lives to speak truth to power. And for the Nobel Peace Prize, which has been awarded this week to journalists in the Philippines and in Russia, Maria Risa and Dmitry Muratov. And also let's this morning remember the six journalists who worked for the newspaper that Dmitry Muratov runs, who since 1993 have been murdered in Russia because they've spoken out. But we can be full of courage because we have each other. And this Jesus who we're following isn't just someone who's had some nice ideas 2,000 years ago. Jesus is with us in everything. As the psalm we read this morning reassures us, may the favor of the Lord our God rest upon us and establish the work of our hands. His spirit rests upon us so that when we speak, when we speak words of truth, when we act, our actions bring about real change. If we live this way, others might see in our way of life the courage and a wild hope that could heal and transform the world. Amen. And just following on from what Judith is saying, we're going to be singing a song in a little while uh, that's, to me, a very angry song. Uh, it doesn't seem to me, you know, quite often we sing these songs, or I sing these songs, and you kind of sing the words and you don't really think about the meaning of them. But I wanted to start off today by just saying one of the verses of that song and just reminding us that there is something to be angry about, something to be saying, we need to change this world. And the third verse says, to God, who through the prophets proclaimed a different age, we offer earth's indifference, its agony and rage. When will the wrong be righted? When will the kingdom come? When will the, when will the world be generous? to all instead of some. So as we think of those words, let's pray for our world, for the rich and the powerful, but also for ourselves, because each of us has some power in our own individual lives too, in the things that we do and say.
Lord God, the rich man had obviously been pondering his thoughts and brought him to his knees before you. And we come today with our ponderings to bow before you and ask you to meet us here today as we pray for those with the power to change this world, including ourselves. And a number of short intercessions, and I'll end each intercession with the words, loving God, and ask you to respond with the words, may your wisdom shape their choices. Loving God, may your wisdom shape their choices. And I'll have a short pause at the end of each intercession for you to just add your own prayers and thoughts. So we pray for those who are rich, who fail to use their wealth to bring about a better world. Bring them humility and a real desire to serve others with their wealth. Loving God, may your wisdom shape their choices. And we pray for all politicians that you would fire in them a passion for good governance and justice and peace and a determination to work together to bring about the change of our climate crisis. Loving God, may your wisdom shape their choices. And we pray for good journalists throughout the world as they seek to bring and hold the powerful to account. We remember that some of them have died in their quest for truth and justice. So may your strength and power be with them as they go about their work. Loving God, may your wisdom shape their choices. And we bring before you those with the power in the police and the criminal justice system and also those whose confidence in the police has been shaken. Give them wisdom about how to restore faith in our policing and justice systems. Loving God, may your wisdom shape their choices. And we bring before you today those with power in the National Health Service we pray especially for wisdom for those facing tough decisions concerning budgets or appropriate treatments or the safety of staff. Loving God, may your wisdom shape their choices. And we bring to you too ourselves in this church and the church throughout the world where poverty, where power has so often been misused and often abused. We pray for humility in your church, that it might be the servant that Jesus really wants us to be. <coughs> Loving God, may your wisdom shape their choices. And we bring to you the powerless, as well as the powerful. Those who face difficult choices, those without enough money, 
those facing difficult medical decisions, those facing the frailty of old age, those with concerns about housing, those who are homeless, those who are refugees. And we pray that they may find the support and the help they need in our communities. And in the quietness this time, you might just want to remember someone you know or a particular difficulty that you feel really strongly about and ask that God will show you the way forward so that you can support that. Loving God, may your wisdom shape their choices. So Lord, today we remember that nothing, nothing is impossible for you to make the powerful accountable, to bring healing to those who need it, comfort to those who are sorrowful, hope to those who are despairing. And to us here today, we pray that you will give us a vision, that you will give us wisdom and a knowledge of your purposes for each of us in our individual lives and as a church. So loving God who sees us and loves us just as we are, be with us and go with us and guide us and challenge us to draw closer to you and to be and live more like Christ. So we bring all our prayers to you knowing that there is much that needs doing in our world. We are reminded that most important of all is our relationship to you. So by your Holy Spirit, show us the path and help us to make good decisions for all things are possible with you and without you we can achieve so little. So Lord, in your mercy, accept our prayers today through Jesus Christ, our Lord and friend. Thank you both Judith for the powerful reflection and Colin for those prayers. It reminds me that Mahatma Gandhi's um, civil action didn't come from his Hindu faith, it actually came from the teachings of Jesus. And in particular, the passage, Turn the Other Cheek, because he saw that as very confrontational that you actually go up to your oppressor, you face them, and they will smack you, they will, will respond, uh, but you don't back away, you turn the other cheek. So that verse that's often seen as um, Christians ought to be passive and doormats is actually uh, the opposite, and that was the inspiration of Gandhi's salt march across India, which um, many people see as the catalyst of the British moving out of India and of course, Martin Luther King followed on from Gandhi's teaching uh, and used it. Both civil disobedience and civil action uh, come from the teachings of Jesus, which um, is often, uh, as Judas said, is often missed completely when we read the Bible as just a personal thing. So thank you very much for that reflection.
thanks to God. Give thanks for all God's goodness. God's love shall last forever. Generous and faithful God, you have fed us at your table. May the nourishment we have received enable us to enrich the lives of us wherever we may go from here. Whether the future be dark or bright, the road be smooth or rough, whether our cares be light or heavy, our songs strong or weak, keep our hearts warm and our hands open, our lives embracing and ever embraced by your love. Amen. We have two blessings today. first one is a personal blessing on you. And I'd like you just really to close your eyes and receive it almost like sunlight resting on you. Uh, that God's love is with you this day in whatever circumstance you are in here in church or at home. And it's a Scottish Celtic blessing. On the day when the weight deadens on your shoulders and you stumble, may the clay dance to balance you. And when your eyes freeze behind the grey window and the ghost of loss gets into you, may a flock of colours, indigo, red, green and azure blue, come to awaken you in a meadow of delight. When the canvas sprays in the curragh of thought, and a stain of ocean blackens beneath you, may there come across the waters a path of yellow moonlight to bring you safely home. And may the nourishment of the earth be yours, may the clarity of light be yours, may the fluency of the ocean be yours, and may the protection of the ancestors be yours. And so may a slow wind work with these words of love around you, an invisible <coughs> to mind your love. Um. My MC way.